Welcome to Contemporary Cannabis with Davina and Dr. Swathi, brought to you by Razzle Cannabis Broadcasting Network. Today, we're going to talk to you about the endocannabinoid system. But first, a word from our sponsor. Founded by former NFL All-Pro Kyle Turley, NeuroXPF is a sports supplement company specializing in the medicinal benefits of cannabinoids. NeuroXPF makes and sells a full line of high-quality, certified organic, hemp-derived CBD products. All NeuroXPF products are THC-free. They use a special CO2 extracting process to isolate the CBD, working hard to preserve the terpenes uh, in order to modulate the effects of their hemp-derived CBD. This adds that little extra punch to NeuroXPF products, so they taste better and provide some beneficial qualities. To learn more about and purchase the NeuroXPF's products, please visit their website at neuroxpf.com. For more information about their current investment opportunity, please visit the Razzle Investment Marketplace at razzle.com. So we're really excited to talk to you today about the endocannabinoid system. But first, before we start, I definitely would love to hear a little bit more about your background and how you got involved with the cannabis plant. Yeah, absolutely. So I've always been interested in holistic health and wellness, and that really extends into plant medicine as one of those key modalities when we're talking about integrative health. So even before I get into my background, I should probably just start with what is integrative health or what is integrative health pharmacy. So the way I define it is it's actually a combination or the intersection of all the different modalities and methodologies of medicine that there are. Um, so what does that mean? <laughs> um, so that means all the different types of medicines and ways that you can think of healing. So we have prescription pharmacotherapy, it's called, so prescription medications that we're all very familiar with. And then there's over-the-counter medications, which are dietary supplements, um, which are also have a great place in therapy depending on the patient, diagnosis, and everything. Um, then there's then we get into the realm of plant medicine. Mm -hmm. So that's traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, um, other Western herbs too, which we'll do episodes on, which will be really fun. <laughs> um, and then even apart from that, I think it's really important to talk about meditation and mindfulness mm -hmm. and how much that can contribute to your overall psyche and right. really how you feel about everything. And how you feel extends to so much of your professional life, your personal mm -hmm. life, of course. So there's that. And then the importance of exercise and having, I call it rest and right. movement. Um, so having like really good sleep hygiene, I think is important, mm -hmm. which we should definitely do an episode on yes. that too, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, so sleep hygiene and then also um, having some sort of exercise that looks different for everyone. Right. Um, so whatever you're comfortable with that gets you moving and not sedentary. Mm -hmm. See, so, yeah, I mean, it's just a combination of all of those things. Oh, there's therapeutic aromatherapy as well. Um, so we mentioned terpenes very briefly in the previous episode. Uh -huh. So therapeutic aromatherapy is essential oils. Um, and so with essential oils, all that therapeutic benefit that comes with it and the smells are also from the same terpenes that I was talking about that are found in the cannabis plant. Right. So they're also, others, right? yeah, they're found in so many different plants. Like um, rosemary is a really mm -hmm. popular one, like rosemary having a lot of pinene, like I mentioned the pine smell last right. time. Yeah, so I mean, they're just all over the place. So really, integrative health to me is really that combination of everything. Mm -hmm. And it's so personalized and so individualized. So it really comes down to what does the patient want? Like, what are their treatment goals? How can we help them? Right. And so really going down and it, and it ends up being going down the list mm -hmm. and then just laying out all the potential options and then working with the patient to see 
what's fit like what fits in their lifestyle how do you incorporate what they Mm -hmm. need for their life into exactly and and what they really want right rather than going to a physician and kind of just being told what to do and so I I really like that aspect of integrative health too is that it really comes with that teamwork Mm -hmm. teamwork Um, and then with that teamwork there's really great research that supports the practitioner patient relationship Mm -hmm. and really what that means for patient outcomes so I'm not just saying it, it's actually backed up by really great research. And it's, too. it's more of a proactive approach, right, mm-hmm. to, to taking in terms of your health and wellness and looking at staying on top of things instead of dealing with stuff after the fact, which is what a lot of Western medicine is mm-hmm. often based off of. And, and then it's too late sometimes and, and your health has been so impacted or your mental state has been so impacted. It's harder to get back on track. Mm-hmm. And that's when people say it's the sick care system, not right. the health care system, because we're just being reactionary. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think integrative health, as you said, is really great for looking at health at a more preventative standpoint. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's yeah. really your background, right? That's yeah. how you mm-hmm. kind of have been involved with the plant. Absolutely. Yeah. So I work with brands like Element Apothic, <laughs> um, and I serve as their medical expert. And so if we get any questions from customers, I'm able to answer those and really delve into the research sometimes and give those responses. So that's really, that's been really gratifying, honestly. Um, And then apart from that too, I do a lot of like multimedia content. If we need to write blog posts Mm -hmm. to get some messages out there about certain terpenes, like I've done um, articles on terpenes or other um, plant medicines as well. Um, So just trying to look at the education of natural Mm -hmm. medicines in any capacity. Um, I guest lecture and I'm adjunct faculty at some universities. Um, And then and also having that experience too in the clinic, in the pharmacy setting, and then in other settings too. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's so important for the industry, especially to really have the knowledge and expertise of what's behind the plant and how does it actually engage and interact with this. And yep. we'll talk about the endocannabinoid system, and that's part of it is is there's more awareness about it and more people with the background that you have coming into this space Mm -hmm. it just provides that much more educational content and awareness for people in terms of how they incorporate it into their lives and live healthier better lives. So that's another thing too is that when I talk to western practitioners Mm -hmm. for example about plant medicine plants are so complicated and so complex because as we mentioned very briefly in the previous episode I mean even if we're talking about CBD versus cannabis. Mm -hmm. Cannabis is a whole plant. And so there's so many things in the plant that can work um, together and synergize, that can work against one another, um, and they can also synergize with other things that you're taking Mm -hmm. too and the opposite. Right. So I think it's it's always a very dynamic conversation mm-hmm. because we're so used to thinking of the one molecule, one right. effect type of <laughs> right. method where we have that prescription medication that is just that one molecule so we know exactly where it's going to react, um, we know exactly what it's supposed to do in the body and have mm-hmm. that effect. And then we also are very familiar with some of the side effects. Whereas when it comes to cannabis, it's so multifaceted because it's not just CBD. One isolated it's thing, It's so right? many things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so plant medicine, I think that's why it's taken longer to come into the mainstream just because it's so much more like multi-layered right. than thinking about prescription medication. Yeah, it's such mm-hmm. a different frame of mind and, and conceptually looking at it from such a different perspective mm-hmm. as well and thinking this plant could help multiple things it's not just one symptom that it's trying to to manage or exactly. take care of mm-hmm. yeah so 
leading into that and talking about that, we talked about the endocannabinoid system a little bit on the mm -hmm. last episode, but it's such a fascinating thing it to is. really understand. I, we could probably do several episodes yeah. specifically on all of the receptors as well. Mm -hmm. But can you tell me a little bit about how they started to understand the endocannabinoid system and a little bit about the history of it? Yeah, so the endocannabinoid system was discovered very recently, especially in contrast to a lot of the other systems that we're familiar with, like the limbic system or any of the other systems in your body. Um, so just so interesting. So in the 1960s is really when the endocannabinoid system was discovered, um, as well as CBD and THC shortly thereafter. And then um, we'll talk about the cannabinoids that are from the plant, so phytocannabinoids versus endocannabinoids that are in your body. And one of the main endocannabinoids, so there are two of them we'll talk about, one of them was discovered in the 1980s which is so yeah, recent. It's not that long ago. Yeah, <laughs> so recent. So yeah, we'll go through and talk about all of that. So when it comes to the endocannabinoid system, I really think about it in terms of homeostasis. And so what that means is just balance in your body. And so it has that like balancing effect in your body because it's linked to so many organ systems and it's linked to so many neurotransmitter systems mm -hmm. too. So if your endocannabinoid system is out of whack or imbalanced, then potentially it's impacting other organ systems. It makes systems. sense. It impacts everything, right? So it's almost like this umbrella to think about the endocannabinoid system and then how it's connected to mm -hmm. all the other organ systems. So really, if you're targeting your endocannabinoid system, so many other systems can be impacted down the line. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's interesting because you look at a lot of the tinctures even that are being marketed mm -hmm. and they say bring, brings your body to homeostasis and people go, well, what does that mean? Because it's such a big H word. <laughs> right. Like, it's not a common term everyone's using. Yeah. yeah so I wanted to break that down that it is balanced. And that's right. really what that means. Yeah, so it is really recent that, that it's just being researched and being understood what it is. I think there's still a lot of unknown in term, unknowns in terms of how it actually engages and interacts with the things that we put in the other cannabinoids, as you said, phytocannabinoids that we put in our body. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, CBD is the most famous one mm -hmm. right now in so many different products. And so CBD is one of the compounds. It's one of those phytocannabinoids, as she mentioned. So cannabinoid meaning from the cannabis plant and then phyto meaning plant. And so as you were mentioning, I mean, when you ingest CBD, we know that it modulates the endocannabinoid system. Like we know it has some sort of impact on it and influence, but we don't actually know where it binds, which is so interesting. And I mean, I did mention that like it's relatively new in terms right. of its discovery. But I mean, apart from that, it's so interesting that we don't know about exactly where it is functioning. That being said, um, we do know where THC is binding though, and it has a really high affinity to one of the receptors called the CB1 receptor, or the cannabinoid type receptor one. So there's that receptor, mm -hmm. and then there's also one other one that we're highly familiar with. There's probably others, Several, so we right? just don't know about them yet. Um, and so that's called the cannabinoid receptor two or CB2. Right. Um, and so, I can talk about those receptors since right. we're talking about it. Um, so the CB1 receptor is highly affiliated with 
your central nervous system. Um, So when we're looking at CB1, CB2 and their locations in Mm -hmm. the body, they really are dispersed in a lot of the different organs and that really goes back to how they're linked to the endocannabinoid system. Um, And so CB1 really does have the densest concentration in your central nervous system. And is that mostly in your brain then? Yeah, yeah, your brain, like spinal cord, Mm -hmm. um, all of that sort of system. And then central nervous system is very much associated with mood and it's also associated with like controlling your mind in Mm -hmm. that way and so I think that's why like people know that okay so CB1 is modulated or THC binds to to CB1 and therefore that's why you're having those euphoric effects because (laughs) it affects your central nervous system to that capacity. Yeah that makes a lot of sense. Mm Whereas a CB2 receptor is linked more to immune function. Um, So, for example, there are different herbs as as well as cannabis, you know, that can work on that CB2 Mm -hmm. receptor. And so those have been looked at, especially with everything going on now, on how to boost your immunity. Right. So there is that possibility mm-hmm. that different plant medicines could have impact on the endocannabinoid system right. in that way. So so now we've broken down the two receptors, where they are in the body, and just really overall what the endocannabinoid system is. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do you think is next? What should we chat about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so as we talk more about the endocannabinoid system, you, you did touch a little bit on phytocannabinoids versus endocannabinoids, but can you go in a little bit more about what that is? Because I I think people hear all this, they just hear cannabinoid. (laughs) I don't know what that means. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so breaking down phytocannabinoid versus endocannabinoid. So both of them have the term cannabinoid, so we know they're associated either with the endocannabinoid Mm -hmm. system or cannabis. We can start there. Um, But phytocannabinoid really means phyto from the plant, whereas endo is what's in your body, so internal. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about phytocannabinoid, cannabinoids, this is like your CBD, THC, what you can get from the plant when you consume it or when you apply it on your skin, of course. Um, Whereas the endocannabinoids are the ones that are actually synthesized in your body. So it's not just cannabinoids that we're getting from external sources. We actually have them in our body, too. Um, And the endocannabinoids in particular, there's anandamide and there's 2-AG, two very, very long names. (laughs) Um, But what you need to know is that everyone calls it 2-AG. And then anandamide is sometimes called AEA if you see it in the literature, if you see it in some articles, some people are shortening it to that. Um, So those are the main two that we know the most about. I'm sure there are other endocannabinoids as well. Um, But those are the two that we know the most in terms of where they're binding in the body, where they're having that impact. Mm. Um, And so anandamide is the one that is, if we're thinking about like a mirror image or Uh something, and we're thinking about anandamide on one side and THC on the other, that's how I I can, like, it helps me remember. So those two go together, They go together in terms of the way that they act on the endocannabinoid Mm -hmm. system. So I was saying THC has that high affinity for the CB1 receptor. Anandamide also has that same affinity. So, for example, we'll talk a whole episode or multiple about (laughs) exercise and the endocannabinoid system because I love that topic. Um, But with um, exercise in particular, there's an increase in anandamide. Hmm. So that feeling of euphoria and excitement and everything after you're done exercising 
is actually from that increase in anandamide. And everyone says endorphins. Right. And I mean, partially it is endorphins. It's just we're talking about like anandamide versus endorphins, which is so farther down the line or like downstream. So you're initially effects. getting that first before so even the endorphins come into play. Exactly, exactly. So endorphins are involved. But right. I always say, oh, the increase of anandamide right. <laughs> when you have um, when you're exercising in that way. So, yeah, very, very interesting. And then 2AG we know a little bit less about. Um, but sometimes it's, um, again, with that mirror image, mm-hmm. sometimes people look at it as like the CBD. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that way, we know it has some sort of affinity for the CB2 receptor, mm-hmm. but it's a, li- a little more mysterious Still gray in that a little way. Bit, right? mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, both of those are really, really important. And actually, I think that's really their discovery has really helped shape a lot of the discussion when it mm-hmm. comes to cannabinoids, because I think once people realize that oh my goodness, we actually have cannabinoids in our bodies. It changes, right? I think that made people discussion. a lot less scared. Right. Like practitioners in particular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like our bodies were meant to have this and they exactly. and they fit so well together. It's like that perfect, I heard an analogy, it's a perfect puzzle coming together <laughs> of, of really bringing in the phytocannabinoids into our endocannabinoid system that we have already and, mm-hmm. and how that all engages with our receptors. And then another thing I want to mention too is that I did mention the CB1 and CB2 receptors, but even apart from that, there are other receptors. As I mentioned, you know, there are endo- there are cannabinoid receptors all over your body, the CB1 and CB2. Um, and so with that, they're dispersed in a way that they're linked with a lot of different organ systems, a lot of different neurotransmitter mm-hmm. systems. And so in that way, for example, there's the TRPV1 receptor, um, and that's found quite often in the skin. Mm-hmm. And so that receptor actually also has a relationship with the endocannabinoid mm-hmm. system. So for example, if you're using capsaicin or any of those creams that are have that uh, relief, that like minty relief, right. <laughs> um, they're actually working on that receptor and that receptor is also modulating the endocannabinoid system so it's really interesting that they're not specifically cannabinoid receptors but they're um, I think of them as non-cannabinoid receptors so the cannabinoid is still in the title because Uh it does (laughs) have some mm -hmm. and it still reacts to putting other phytocannabinoids or other plant-based medicines there's still this kind of synergistic mm-hmm. effect that happens when you when you use it which is why topicals are so effective for people as well yeah exactly and that's why a lot of topicals have CBD in them because CBD I mean I said it was such a mystery of course right. but one of the hypotheses is that it actually works with that receptor the TRPV1 mm-hmm. and so that's why in those topical formulations there's CBD because potentially that's how it's actually functioning in the body and right. you're actually getting the effect out of it right and still just understand why it happens. It's, yeah. We're using it, but not always understanding all of the purpose behind it. But there's so much more research that's continuing, which I think is great that we're at the point that that research can happen mm-hmm. now, or at least starting to anyway. Thank goodness for the farm bill. Yes. <laughs> for Raphael Mashulam, for so many different things. So yeah, right. definitely. Mm-hmm. Shady Creek Trading Company produces and distributes cannabis-infused wild meat jerky products. Co-created by Settlers Jerky founder, Shady Creek Trading Company is an infused jerky products and distribution corporation located in Nevada City, California. Nomad Jerky Bites is their premier product, a packaged pouch with hearty bites of ethically raised buffalo fortified with THC. Shady Creek Trading Company are the innovators of the infused meat jerky market. They are compliant by all FDA standards and use cured strips of real buffalo as opposed to pressed jerky. 
To learn more about Shady Creek and their current investment opportunity, please visit the Razzle Investment Marketplace at Razzle.com. Thanks so much for tuning in with us this week. This is Contemporary Cannabis with Davina and Dr. Swathi. And if you have any questions at all, I know we mentioned a lot of new information when it comes to the endocannabinoid system. We might have listed some words you haven't heard before. Um, so if you just want to write in to us through our Instagram, through our um, through our website, any way that you want to get in contact with us to ask further questions, um, that's why we're here. And so if you ask those questions, then we can actually answer them on the camera next time. Um, So yes, looking forward to that.